0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Our sister Angie, uh, she was giving me the testimony on how the Lord woke her at three in the morning. He woke her up at three in the morning, and he said um, to paint him, paint him naked. Right? That's what he said, paint him naked. And yet, ironically enough, she walks in and puts this right here, right when I was speaking about how he took your punishment upon himself. And how by his stripes you're healed. This is what the Bible means. By his stripes you were healed. Disease slashed them in the back. Every single disease slashed Jesus in the back so you can be healed. Anger slash Jesus in the back. Bitterness, lust, hate, they all slashed him in the back so you can experience peace. That's what it means. Your art is a gift that God gave you. And you can walk into a church and bring your art and it'll be confirmation to what's being spoken at that moment. Your heart, your hugs are a gift from God. Your gift of listening is a gift from God. Your gift of prayer and intercession and speaking in tongues and interpreting those tongues is a gift of God. You have gifts. And and, and in this world, we keep comparing ourselves to one another and we keep comparing to that church and that church and that church. And when you're comparing, you're losing your identity. Instead of finding your identity, you keep losing it because then the very thing that was so valuable to you, that's not good enough. My art is beautiful. My art is on the walls because I love my art. It might not be like nobody else. Good. Because I'm different. And good because you're different. So we're trying to encourage you guys in different ways. If you have a business idea, let's see how we can encourage you. If there's a, a book that you're reading and maybe you want to teach on that book, we could start a book club, a, a Bible teaching, a, a, a book study. I don't know. But hopefully you understand what I'm saying. If you like to cook, let me know. There's hungry people in the streets. Why take them a hot dog all the time? We need people that cook good food. Why if we go out there with good food? There's so much that we're... If you like to sing, your song is different. We have glory soaking nights, especially for that, for people that might not know how to play with a team, that might not feel comfortable. I brought out my flute. I played flute in high school. I never played flute in church because I only know how to read music. So I stopped myself because I said I don't know how to play when people are playing like regular church songs. I don't know how to play that. And then the Lord says, how about you just walk in there, close your eyes, blow, and move your fingers. And yet it sounded beautiful. So sometimes we have limiting beliefs that what we have is not good enough. But those limiting beliefs are lies that are simply holding us back from fulfilling what we can exercise and what we could teach others. So we really want to encourage you, telling you there's a move of God on the face of the earth and he's calling the bride to arise. He's not calling you to arise to look like me. No. He's not calling you to be like Benny Hinn or Rodney Howard Brown or or uh uh Mariah Woodward Edder or uh Amy Semple McPherson or Juanita Bynum, you know, T.D. Jakes. He ain't calling you to be like none of them. He's not calling you to be like Bethel, and he's not calling you to be like Hillsong, he's not calling you to be like Maverick City, so get over it. Because he never told you you were going to be like them. He told you you were going to be like you. Look at them and praise God for what they're all doing. I'm not saying they're not of God. I'm saying they're of God. You know why they're of God? Because they found their identity in God. And they've got so much boldness to release their song. Because there was a point nobody ever heard that song. That song wasn't famous 10 years ago. That song wasn't even known five years ago. But that person in their basement listened to their song in the basement. In my trial, in my tribulation, Jesus came. If you simply learn, are some people are not making songs to be famous. Some people are singing songs because they want to make Jesus famous. And they're literally telling you. I've been listening to old school songs and new songs. And I'm like, wait, wait, listen to what they're saying. Oh my God, it's their testimony they made their testimony into a song or when the guy says i saw the lord seated on the throne listen to what people are singing and you'll see that they're singing their testimony they're singing the revelation god gave them the guy that says holy 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 are you lord holy 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 are you lord the elders and angels bow. He was, you hear his testimony? If you hear that man's testimony, he testifies about how God took him to heaven and he saw the choir of heaven singing that specific song. So he went to heaven, got a song in heaven, and he brought it down to earth. And now churches everywhere sing it, and they don't even know what they're singing. Sometimes we're singing somebody else's testimony, but God gave you a song. God gave you a message. God gave you a poem, but you're so concerned because they just do it so cool. You forget that they also started little. Every single preacher was in a little church, and every single preacher, nobody believed in the beginning. Yeah, they're famous now, 50 years later. You see me preaching now, and you don't even know the hell I've been going through for the 25 years because you showed up 25 years later. You didn't show up in my life in 1998. You showed up in my life in 2023. But have you ever questioned, why does Abraham speak with the passion and intensity? Why does Abraham, why can't he shut up? You just go, man, he's so cool. He just got in glory. Before I was caught in glory, I was in the pit of hell. Before I was experiencing this joy, I was suicidal. Before I got to experience life, I was walking in death. And that's why. So stop admiring what people do and admire the work of the Lord. Stop admiring the work of people and realize that people are the work of the Lord. And then mm, praise God for that preacher. Praise God for that testimony. Praise God for that song. Praise God for that poem. Praise God for that cupcake. Because maybe that lady that makes these cakes, even though she has a beautiful company now, Maybe people told her her cakes tasted nasty 30 years ago. Maybe they said, your cakes are never going to make it nowhere. You should just give up on that dream. You know the devil uses people like that to stop you from your dreams? Are you always speaking in tongues? You go to church and you're always so excited. Abraham, you need to tone it down. I'll call you out right now if you ever give me that sign up in here. I literally will go to churches and there will be somebody over there. Well, not over there, but you know what I'm saying, in the audience. And I'm like, "How dare you right now. I'm going to prophesy over you. You go like this to me, I'm going to be like, the Lord says he's cutting off that sin. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. You know how many times? You just, you, you make God bigger than what he really is. You should shut up once in a while, Abraham. You always come to church and you're so excited, Abraham. They used to call me The Abraham, right? or Wrong. He's from my old church. They used to call me The Abraham. You're going to be with The Abraham. You know. You know you're good. You know you're hated if you get a pronoun. Is that called a pronoun? The? I don't know what that's called. (laughs) The, whatever it is. The. This is not English class. (laughs) But you know when you get the title, The... People used to say that about me. The Abraham's here. He just doesn't shut up. He just he just talks so much about Jesus. Why you gotta talk so much about Jesus? These were Christians, man. It would have been one thing if people were talking to me in the club like that. In the club, people were like, "Dude, you're a prophet, man. You're freaking me out." That's what people would say at the club. And then I go to church and be like, "Oh, he's here again." I'm like, I'm confused. I'm just gonna go to the club. <laughs> That's really what happened. Couldn't make up my mind because I was like. But they don't like me because I still go there and tell them, tell them of my goodness. You make God too good. You ever heard that one? You make God too good? Jesus, help me. And then I I found out, even though I was making God too good, then I found out God was gooder, gooder, gooder than I had never seen. I I had never even seen that type of goodness. And I was like, I was wrong. (laughs) He wasn't even as good as I was describing him to be. He gets gooder. Imagine now those people will manifest right now. They're like, <laughs> like I can't even go around them now. They're like, I've seen people run from me in the mall, in the movies. They flee from me. People from my past. They're like, oh, no, go. I'm like, but I love you, man. <laughs> they're like, run. Demons flee. Demons flee from the presence of God. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. You just gotta see it with your own eyes. People manifest. You're just like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Everything's right. Their demons are your glo- the glory on you is exposing their demons. I'm telling you, it's interesting what people do. Start talking about the glory. Oh, I was talking about the glory. We gotta go. <laughs> people get nervous. They start, they start jiggling their keys like. I'm like, bro, I hear the demons shake (laughs) in. They think it's just the keys. It's the demons. (laughs) Like, they can't take it. You ever been around people and the keys start to jingle? (laughs) She knows. (laughs) She's having a blast. She's like, finally, testify. (laughs) I'm just drunk. I'm not even preaching no more at this point. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Anyways, praise God. So we are making space in this church. I'm telling you, we're not stopping. We're a small church, but we've been doing a lot. We have a a, a ministry organization within the TRP family called Move With Compassion, and I'm the senior evangelism leader for this. And Heather's my administrative. I would not even do one-fourth, not even one-fifth of the stuff being done because she's a really good administrator. Administration is not my suit. It's not my strong suit. It's not even my weak suit. It's not even a suit that I have. (laughs) it's not in my closet, (laughs) you know, that is in her closet, and she wears it really well, and it fits her well, it doesn't fit me well, I talk a lot about Jesus, but we, 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 but God did give me this, God could give you a vision, guys, let's put it this way, God could give you a vision, it doesn't mean you're going to manifest the vision, God's going to give you teammates, you're going to get the ideas, and then the teammates, like, Make it manifest on earth. Like you get this idea from heaven and you need friends. You need the body of Christ. Stop thinking the lie that you don't need the church. If you're not with the church, then you're not the church. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about unity. It's not vision. It's not one. This is not vision. You need at least two to have good vision. You need at least two for good vision. To walk together. If one could do something, imagine what two could do. I'm not telling you to submit to religion and abuse. No. But God also wants to heal your shame for what the old church did. Because the devil didn't establish church. God established church. And then the devil got into church and messed it up because the people allowed the devil in. And the agendas of darkness and pride and division got into the churches. And now everybody's jealous. My sheep, your sheep, God's sheep. People tell me I got to go. I'm like, bye. I don't hold nobody here. They tell me, I feel the Lord calling me. Let me walk you to the door. You tell me God called you, I'm walking you to the door. Okay. I'll see you later. I love you. We'll always be here for you if you need us. I don't beg nobody to stay in my church. That's like begging somebody to be in a relationship with me. Are you crazy? I, I used to do that in the world. I was begging, please don't leave me. This is what you're telling people. Treat me like trash. Treat me like garbage. Treat me like I'm worthless, but don't leave me. Are you crazy? Are you crazy accepting that kind of behavior? I accepted that kind of behavior. That's why I didn't know my identity. But then Jesus Christ came and he showed me that I was a royal priesthood. He showed me that I was a chosen generation, that I am a holy priesthood. And then I started setting boundaries. Darkness. Darkness. And marvelous like, see ya, I'm not begging anybody to be with me. I'm not begging anybody to love me. If you can't love me, you can't love me, see ya. I love you, and you could come around not to mistreat me because I will pull you out myself. You could do that. When you grow in God, you could be like, "No, no, you ain't doing that in my house. I love you, but you ain't playing those games here? Yeah, you walk in authority. A lot of us are like, well, you're a Christian. You got to be all. Who said? We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. There is no kingdom like the kingdom of heaven. That is the best kingdom ever. And it has an order. And it has honor and respect. Disrespect does not even enter. Disrespect doesn't even come close to the kingdom of heaven slander and gossip don't even come close lust can't even enter remember lust is not a person lust is a spirit that controls the person it can't come in there it's so pure it's like a bunch of little kids everywhere what it can't get in there darkness cannot get into the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is so much light there's light in every direction Not even Earth knows that type of light because when the sun shines in one direction, it casts a shadow in the other direction. In heaven, there's no shadows, no shadows, no darkness. Everything is see-through. Everything's clear. I don't even know why I'm there right now. (laughs) I just like, I just went right. I was talking about one thing, and now I'm just like caught in the kingdom right now. There's no darkness. So God is exposing. God is healing. God is removing. God is, let him. What is that hate doing for you? What is that lust doing for you? What is that bitterness doing for you but tormenting? You know it's tormenting you in the middle of the night. You're afraid to fall asleep and dying in the middle of the night. I wasn't even talking this, but this is what I'm talking it's tormenting you. It's making you cry. It's hurting you. That's not what God has for you. I kid, you not? I feel like God's just like. Whoosh. I feel like I was talking about one thing. I can't even remember what I was talking about before. And now I feel like I just went there. Sin is attacking you. It's shaming you do that and then you do it and he's like yeah 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 and then you're in your room like I can't worship I can't praise oh I messed up too much this time God please don't let me die in my sleep am I speaking any truth to something or am I just crazy right now this is where I, I literally feel like I just took like I found this little golden path and I went down that way and I'm like oh why are we here what is bitterness doing for you Why are you holding on to that already? It's killing you. That unforgiveness is killing you. It's literally manifesting disease in your own physical body. It's giving you anxiety. It's giving you nightmares when you go to bed and God's ready to give you beautiful dreams. And let me tell you, I'm not in a dark place right now. Like in the spirit, I'm in this beautiful golden forest. Even the trees are golden. Like right now, I'm in a forest... And it's golden trees everywhere. And I hear the Lord saying that He wants to bring you to that place. I almost see like a kid, like, I'm not gonna go into that forest because it's creepy and scary. It's only scary because the darkness is on. Turn the darkness off and turn on the light. And then you'll see, he's like, Oh, why was I afraid of this? You're still walking in fear from God because the light is off, so you only see a shadow of this angry God. And if you just turn on the like click, you're going to see he's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been wanting to heal you. But you've been afraid to come in here because you don't want to turn the light on. Because you think the light is to shame, but the light is to heal. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just going to talk right now. I have to say this. Because this I feel like I'm somewhere else. And it's really beautiful. But because you, you've never been into marvelous light. You don't understand what marvelous light is. But God is trying to heal those things. I see God going deep. He's like, I want to touch those things. I want to go so deep in your heart because you've been carrying that for too long. And He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I see the Lord putting a, a yoke on you and it's made of golden light. And it's like, you're like, <laughs> It's a lifesaver. <laughs> you're not going to drown. <laughs> thought you were sinking <laughs> you're floating <laughs> i see the i see the yoke around you it's not a the yoke of the devil it's the yoke of light you're not going to lose your mind you thought if you sink low enough you're going to lose your mind you're going to lose yourself and God's like bloop, you can't even it's like the darkness trying to pull you down but you're like i can't sink i can't think the yoke is keeping you float it's light it's golden it's like a golden lifesaver around your neck but you have, you're, gonna think you're stuck there. <laughs> it's better to be stuck. At least you're not drowning. You might feel like you're stuck. The Lord says, don't look at it as you're stuck. You're not drowning because I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting the darkness overtake you. You're going to float. And you're going to arise. You're not going to sink. I see you arising. Because it's light and it goes like this. Bloop. It's going to make you float. You're going to float out of the water. And you're going to float into the sky. I'm going to draw that one because it's really funny. <laughs> I see you floating. <laughs> you're getting out of the dark waters, and you're just floating up. You're like, whoa. I didn't know lifesavers could fly. <laughs> you're going to fly. I'm telling you, I see it. You, those, those those dark waters ain't going to have you. They can't have you. You're shining. You're not going to sink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just like, vroom, vroom, vroom. Praise God. Oh, so, guys, get involved. With Move With Compassion. There's just so many opportunities. It's so funny how I'm like there, and then I go perp, and then I go back. <laughs> but at least I could, keep my, I could keep my steps. If God shows me prophetic, I got to say it. Um, move with compassion is here for you. All of you are chosen. All of you will do the work of the evangelist. I promise you, watch. And it's like, oh, I got to get souls. If that's what you're thinking, you're wrong. I got to get people saved because of hell. Wrong. I want people saved because of heaven, because I've seen heaven, and because heaven is beautiful, that when I look at lost humanities, I'm like, I'm going back to the dark places, and I'm going to get them all. We're warriors. You get to experience the kingdom of heaven. You're like, oh, it's beautiful. And then you run to the world, and you run into the dark places where people are hurting, where people are broken. I know of a man. I know of a king. I know of a savior. He did it with me. And all of a sudden, people start, people, people start listening. The reason that you guys are sitting here is because somebody's listening. And then people start following you. They're like, oh my, oh, my God, let's go. And then all of a sudden, the children of God are run through the earth, announcing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a hope. There is a salvation. There is a king. And he's coming for his children. I'm not waiting for the coming of the Lord in fear. I'm waiting for the coming of the Lord in joy. Because I've seen my King. And I love the smile. Oh, you should see when he smiles. He smiles at you. You're like, (laughs) it's crazy. The room could be filled. But when you see Jesus look at you and smile, you're done. He doesn't even have to tell you a word. He just has to look at you, and you know that you're loved. He just looks at you. Why do you think I do it? Because I want to be famous. This ain't fame. (laughs) That's not fame. Because I want headaches and trials and deal with people that are going through stuff that don't get it. No, I do it because I've seen my King. I met him. He's my best friend. When I go to heaven, I already told him. I was like, I don't even want to mention. He already made my mansion. And I was like, I don't want it. I want you. And those are the people that God wants. God is mm. God is like mm, about the people that are like, I'm yours. I told the Lord, I was like, I know you made my mansion, but I'm going to live in your pocket. I want to live in your pocket. Watch. Watch me to get to heaven. You're going to be like, this man was on earth telling us he was going to live in God's pocket, and there he goes. You want to come over? I'm going to just stick out of his pocket like, (laughs) you think I'm playing? I'm not even playing. I already dreamt it. (laughs) Those are my dreams. I literally have dreams like that. He picks me up like that. I'm like a little person. He just, he puts me on his shoulder. Right? Right. My sister saw me. (laughs) I'm telling you, I get wonderful emails from prophets. I've been to the glory, and they're like, God took me to heaven, and I saw you. And I was like, What did I look like? You're really little. I was like, You saw me. I'm like, You saw me. She's like, You're really little. So many prophets were writing to me, prophets. They're like, I went to heaven, and they do know you in heaven. Everybody was celebrating you in heaven. I know, I've been telling people I go there, but nobody believes me that I go there, so whatever. When they get there, they'll find out. You're going to be like, oh, there, he really was coming up this whole time. I found the secret stairway to this guy. Oh, I should say it found me. <laughs> I got sucked up in a vacuum. <laughs> and now, when you're going through a trial, this is what you got to do, guys. I'm not giving you religion, but lock yourself in your room and start dancing and start singing. Lock the door, because nobody could see you. And in your room dance to Jesus. Yes. And draw. I've been drawing about Jesus. Can you put my picture up? just want to show you heaven. Those that are prophets are like, whoa, dude, right now. <laughs> the prophets are like, oh, too much. <laughs> like, did you just really open a window in the room? <laughs> yeah, but they think it's art. <laughs> God will give you things in heaven and people on earth won't get it. Imagine painting the streets with pictures of Jesus everywhere. The prophets will fall out everywhere. <laughs> we should do that. We should totally start painting pictures of Jesus all around our cities. The prophets, the people that have been asking for a sign, they're going to freak out. Because art, God is creator. God is creator. This is us. That's me. Hi, guys. This is me. This is all of you. <laughs> Pick one. It's you. <laughs> I just know you can't pick me. Obviously, (laughs) you could tell me. (laughs) Uh, We are his shining ones. We are his radiant ones. We are his little stars. He's the sun, and we're his stars. We are his heart. Earth is his heart. Take the H at the end of earth and put it at the beginning. And what does it spell? Heart. For God so loved us. He loves us. He loves us. And he loves you. And, what we, and just like he's made a space for me, he's made a space for Heather. He's made a space for Katie. He's made a space for Stephen. He's also making a space for you. To see his face. To admire his beauty. And then on earth, this is a spirit realm, right? But from here, he tells us, now, go to a club. And preach to somebody there. And go to Walmart. And call your friend. That's how he does it. He comes down and he goes like this. And he talks to his little ones. And he goes, hey, Stephen, I want you to go to India. And tell that whole nation how much I love them. He goes, hey, Diana, and you, I want you to go to Walmart. And there's a lady on aisle number seven. And you tell her this much. And he goes, hey, Wally. Hey, Wally. I want you to create, God adores you. And I want you to march through the streets of the world with a rainbow and tell them how much I love them. And this is how he starts calling every single one of us to a mission. And then God gave Stephen a mission that he didn't give me. I got to go do what God called me to do. I can't be like, I can't be like Peter. Well, what about John? What about John? What about John? If I want John to live until I come back, he'll live until I come back. This has nothing to do with John, Peter. I'm talking to you, Peter. Peter, will you feed my sheep? Will you do it? But will you do it? Do you love me? Will you raise up a church? And will you preach the gospel to a hurting world? Will you go get those girls? Because there's a lot of girls waiting for you. Will you go get them? Will you reveal my kingdom to those girls? Will you go? Do it. Tell them. That's how he does it. He will look right into your eyes and be like, I gave you a gift. I gave you those hugs. People are depressed on the face of the earth. So even if you were not to give any man glory, if you were not to give any church glory, but you will walk the streets giving hugs, then let it be. And give your hugs because your hugs are full of glory. So go and give hugs. Is that easy. And then you hear your master's voice and you follow. And you do exactly what the Lord called you to do. And all of a sudden, other people are like, you're really good at that. No, I'm not. He just told me to do it. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing when I first started. And now all of a sudden, people think I'm an evangelist. March 17, 2007, I didn't know what I was doing. I was in my house crying. People were bullying me, shaming me. And then God gave me a word and I started going. And that's what Move with Compassion is. Move with Compassion, we, we, we are joining with all these different organizations. God adores you. We have the detention the, the center for the girls. We went two weeks ago and oh my God, the power of God was in the room. I never seen so many girls. Being touched by God. It was beautiful. In a prison. I This is Bible level. Bible level. We couldn't take pictures inside. But this whole beautiful group, these are the prophets. These are the evangelists. These are the people that carry the kingdom. And we saw the move of God in that prison. I'm telling you, beautiful testimonies. The ladies that normally go there were like, but this girl just told me that, uh, what was it, a week or a few days before that she's an atheist. And the same girl that was an atheist was over there jamming to the presence of God. They're like, we can't believe it. And the other girl says she doesn't believe in God. And I'm like, they believe in God? They're not atheists, they're hurt. And they think by saying that they don't believe, they're hurting the people that hurt them. Because the same people that preach god claim god are the same people that hurt them so they go i don't believe in god no what they're saying is i don't believe in your god because you've been a bad example in reality you as an ambassador don't believe in god because you have misrepresented the king of glory you've gone into the streets to shame but not to heal so yeah the girl didn't believe that god But when the real God, when Jesus walked into the room, you should have seen the atheist girl running to the front. My favorite jam. I'm like, wait, if she's an atheist, how can a worship song be her favorite jam? Guys, sometimes as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, we're not healing people, we've been hurting people. And as the church, we should stand up and recognize that we've done a poor job at it. But now is the time of revival. Now is the time of healing. Now is the time of evangelism. To go out as the ambassadors, as the lovers, as the peacekeepers, as the peace bringers, as the peacemakers. Making peace between God and his people. They think they're not God's people, but they're God's people. And God's meeting them throughout time. And we're simply joining with the mission. I will go. I will say. I will preach. I will testify of his goodness. So that's what move with compassion is. There's opportunity, guys. There's Timothy Initiative, where is it's a, a drug, um, uh, what they call it, halfway home? For, for men that have been involved in, in drug addiction and in homelessness. There's created a group for women that have been involved in, in, in sex trafficking, in prostitution, in drug addiction. But these women deserve the love of God. They're queens and they're beautiful. We got the children that were children that don't have a mom and dad that have been abandoned because their parents have fought with addictions and all sorts of anger issues. And they don't got their kids. But those kids are still worthy of somebody to love them. This is what the church does in the face of the earth. We make a difference. It's not about waiting for people to die to make it to heaven. It's about bringing heaven today now. Jesus said the prayer was, Father, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth, on earth as in heaven. God's will is being done on heaven. And God is looking for people that are ripping portals. You're digging not down. You're digging up. Get your little spiritual shovel and start making a hole in the clouds so heaven starts raining down on earth. I should draw that picture. I just saw it. It's so beautiful. Here, here, wait, hold on. I want everybody to hear it.
1: So sometimes what my mom used to teach us was when you go to the secret place with God, there's a special place for you. So I usually imagine going underground in a well. And this time I was like on the bottom of the ocean. This is usually where I am spiritually when I pray, like worshiping. I see myself in an ocean. And I'm trying to go to the well, and, and it's shrieking. I'm like, "Why is it not here?" He's like, "You're not supposed to go here." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Dance with me." And then at some point during your preaching, he's like, "I'm taking you higher." So he's taking me above the clouds. He's taking me to space, and he's like, "We're gonna go. We're gonna go up. We're not gonna go back down because that's where you were supposed to be at that time. We're going to a different place." <laughs>
0: Amen. We got, I think this whole corner right here is ocean people <laughs> that are learning to float up. <laughs> Praise God. You know, and that's what we're doing. We're digging wells, the heavenly wells. Now, we're not digging wells on earth. We're digging the wells towards heaven. So then the water of heaven pours down on earth. And I think we could create a flood. We could create... I don't know. Something just happened. <laughs> you, you felt that? It was like a whirlwind or something right there. <laughs> like, it was like... <laughs> I don't know what happened up there. <laughs> something happened. Um, I think we could create a flood of the glory of God on the face of the earth. Not in church. But how about if church becomes the church? And everywhere we go, we just start bringing the kingdom of heaven with your gift, with your talent, with your testimony. Just bring you, I bring me, and we all bring it. We all just bring it. And everybody starts bringing it. It will multiply like a glory virus. Amen? Amen. So I invited my friend today, Stephen, because Stephen, I love Stephen. This is Stephen. Say hi, Stephen. Uh, Stephen used to be one of my youth, yee, wow, like 12 years ago already. Um, at one church, when I, when I had my God encounter and I came, started going back to church in 2011, um, I got to meet him. His church was the first church that I went to when God took me to heaven. And I brought my glory testimony. He was just like 15 years old back then. And, uh, you know, and I invested time in all my youth. You know, but through the trials of life, I've seen so many of them run away. But I remember, like, really specifically certain situations with him and loving him through those situations. And you're not giving up. We're going to keep praising God through this. And just through the years, I've seen him grow in such a magnitude. He was, He's from Tampa. He just got back to Tampa after a few years being away. Um, tr- Literally traveling in the Lations, packing stadiums. Guys just taking him, like... You think you're ministering to a person. Now you're ministering to a warrior of the kingdom of heaven. And that child is going to do things that maybe you never do. And that child is going to stand in places you never even thought you would step into. But they do. He's been, I don't even know how many times to India. Like, I'm not going to India. You know, like. I'm not, I don't feel that. Maybe one day God give me that. Maybe I'll go and support him. I don't know. Maybe I'll go just to see what he does. But I don't even like flying. He's talking about 34-hour flights. I'm like, no thanks. I can't even do a two-hour flight. (laughs) And there's no way I'm doing that long. You know, and yet God's taking him. I mean, he always sends me pictures. And he's carried lions. I'm like, you're carrying a lion? Like, like you're with a lion right now? Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, so he always has stayed connected with me. And he's... um, He's seen the glory of God, and God uses him. And I, I just remember this quiet kid, and now all these years later, like, he's, he's a prophet of the Lord. I'm not insecure. I am a prophet, but I, a prophet knows a prophet when he sees a prophet. And I've seen him grow. I've seen the journey, ridiculous stuff. And I'm just like, wow. Well, he's launched worship CD. Like, to think a kid that was in church, like, I'm so quiet when I speak. And then they launch CDs, they're worshiping, they're bringing God's glory to all these places. And you're like, wow. Sometimes as a minister, because I've been ministering for a long time, you might feel like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wasting my time. It seems like people might not get it all those years ago. And yet then you have one that's like, hey, I'm still running. I'm still running. Thank you. So even all the other people give up when you have one person go, thank you. You know, it reminds me of the story of Jesus and the lepers. There was 10 of them, but nine left and never came back. But one of them came back to say thank you, right? And that changes uh, people's lives. So I invited him over to share. I don't know what he's going to share, but I wanted him to share some, some of his testimonies and encourage you guys in your evangelistic equipping We all have different measures of what evangelism might look like in our lives, but it doesn't mean it's not good enough. The little bit that God's giving you is beautiful. God gave everybody different measures. Some have a measure of 30. Some have a measure of 60. Some have a measure of 100. But they're all a measure of faith.
1: Praise God. (laughs) You guys don't even know what, what gifting and treasure you have As a pastor, um, I honor you so much. Uh, You know, there's so many Friday nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, Monday nights, sometimes Tuesday, you know, all throughout the week that we would spend at at his house. um, Just worshiping the Lord, just getting in his presence, doing what, what we were doing this morning, just getting lost in his presence, getting into the secret place. And those moments are why I am where I am now, why the Lord took me where I am now. Um, it was so needed it was so needed and you know he came to to the church he caused a riot (laughs) he caused a riot it was awesome you know you stirred so many of us up you know and a a lot of people you know went went in their own ways and but you know you sparked the fire a flame and and you know that's why i honor you (laughs) so It's awesome. It's awesome what, what God's doing, but it's it's all about that secret place. It's all about those moments that we were in the prayer closet and in the living room just worshiping God, those intimate moments with the Lord. That is why, you know, I, I am where I am now, and I have to honor that. That's why I don't take for granted these special moments in his presence, these moments of gathering together and just worshiping God just getting lost in his face just getting lost in his love you know a lot of people try to try to quantify what success in ministry is you can't quantify success in ministry success in ministry is obeying being obedient to what the lord told you to do (laughs) it's not how many people i went to the lord how many countries i've been in that doesn't matter the real question was, are you obedient? Were you obedient to what the Lord told you? You know? <laughs> and once I learned that, it, it, it changes things. It changes things. So <laughs> there's something so, so powerful of getting lost in his glory and getting lost in his presence. You know, I'm not I'm not an orator, or, or uh, like a someone like a, a entertainer, or I, I don't do like these great speeches. Like sometimes I, I tell God, God, you picked the most unqualified guy to do this, um, but that that doesn't really matter. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna preach to you guys. You guys have like the the best preacher I know. <laughs> But I just want to testify, testify what God's been doing, you know. And something that Abraham taught us is get alone with Jesus in a public place. You want to know how to have a successful ministry, how to impact the the world? Get alone with Jesus in a public place. Take what you are receiving here. Take these moments alone with the Lord and take him out to the streets. Take him out to the nations, and you'll see the glory of God, you know, all across the world. Um, <sighs> it's funny, in, in, in India, we, we went last year. It was, it was my first time going to India. <laughs> and India is a place that you're not allowed to preach the gospel. You're not. You can get killed. You can get locked up. And um, is is very dangerous. They have millions of gods. There's a, a temple in every corner of the streets. There's more cows than people. More pigs than people. Is very different to what we're used to here in the in the Western world. But there is such a hungry people in India that no one. There's barely anyone that's reaching out to them. They're a forgotten nation, but you know what? They're right now. They surpass China in the biggest population. But there's so many, so many hungry hearts over there. And in India, it's is is hard. It, it's tough to even get there. You know, to get to some of the villages, it took us maybe four days, five, six planes. It's it, it could be difficult sometimes even the re- most remote locations where they'd never even heard the gospel, it took climbing up a mountain an hour in walking because you couldn't even take vehicles there. But once you understand the love of God, once you understand who God is and, and his heart, you will do whatever it takes to get to them. That's why these moments are so precious. These gatherings, they're so precious. You know, <laughs> and the thing is like, sometimes we, we set expectations for ourselves on what ministry is supposed to look like, how are we gonna get there, what are we supposed to do? What's our heavenly assignment? What's our call? The thing is, let's look at the life of Jesus. Jesus spent 30 years of his life hearing the voice of his father, knowing the way that he moves, spending time with his father. Even he said, I only say what you, what I hear you say. His connection, his relationship with his father was so strong that he... Once he went into ministry, it was only three years of ministry, but three of the most successful years of ministry that transformed all mankind. You know, and the Lord told me, Jesus told me, he was like, I spent 90% of my life strengthening that relationship with my father, understanding his voice, knowing the way that he moves so that I could have three of the most successful years of ministry that changed all mankind forever. You know, and, and are, are you willing to give 90% of your life spending time with Jesus, knowing how he moves, knowing how he walks, knowing how he operates, knowing how he speaks? Such a, a strong relationship with Jesus so that you could have 10% of your life be the most successful in ministry. You know, a lot of people don't want don't to do that. You know, they, they're, they're all focused on, oh, let's do, let's do, let's go, let's go. And they get distracted. From what's important and it's knowing him so all that to say I, I don't I don't even know how how I got to, to India how I got to Africa I, I don't even know it I, like in the natural it, it, it seemed impossible financially it seemed impossible you know but once you spend time with him and you know his heart and you hear his heart for the nations and you hear the call for the nations, <laughs> he opens doors. So like I said, I'm I'm not an orator, I'm not a I, I don't even consider myself a preacher. <laughs> I just get alone with Jesus in a public place. <laughs> so we went to to India um last year and it was in the in the the middle of nowhere <laughs> and we Just started worshiping God. We just started worshiping God. We, um, there's I think it was almost like 6,000 people in the field, crusade field. And, and let me tell you, we're not allowed to preach, we're not allowed to preach there, but we're preaching, we're singing, we're just worshiping God. And the glory of God fell in that place. We just started singing, yes, because we don't know the language, <laughs> but Jesus. It's the same, hallelujah, Jesus. It's all the same in, in every language. So we just like, Yesu, Yesu, Yesu. yes, ooh, yes, ooh, yes ooh. and the glory of God fell all over that crusade field. People that came to that field were Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims all types of faith, all types of religion, witch doctors, prostitutes, all that stuff. But as soon as the presence of God fell in that place, things started to break. People started to get healed. People started to get delivered. (laughs) That's why these, these moments are so important, knowing how to worship God, knowing how to get into His presence, knowing how to bring His presence down to earth, that's what's going to change the nation. Not so much how much knowledge or Bible knowledge you know that can only take you so far, but it's knowing how to access heaven and bringing heaven down to earth. So we started singing, Yesu, Yesu, Yesu. And we let the Holy Spirit move, we let the Holy Spirit move, we let the Holy Spirit move. Because it's not about man, it's not about how many scriptures do you know and how many scriptures you have memorized. It's all about, do you know Him and will you let Him be known through you? And... (laughs) We started preaching, we started ministering, and the mayor of that town showed up to the crusade. And he came in secret. He was gonna investigate what we were doing. He was like, what are these guys doing? They put up an event, called it a family festival. What's going on here? He came to investigate during during the ministration. He got so touched by the Holy Spirit that he dedicated, he came on stage and he was like, you don't know me. But I'm the mayor of this town. But I want to dedicate this town to Jesus. And right there, he dedicated that whole city of, of, of Tuny to Jesus. And from there on, the rest is history. That was the open door that, that we needed for that town. And from there, we've been going consistently throughout the year to the point now that in that town, all the prostitution houses are closing down. They're getting involved in the church. We, we even opened up a business in the church for the prostitutes, a sewing business to get them involved. There's been, I think, over 4,000 healings, signs and wonders, miracles. since we left over a hundred women have given, that were barren, have gave birth. People that were blind are now seeing there's even people that came to the crusade crawling, crawling because they couldn't walk. <laughs> that by the end of the crusade, they were walking out of the field. God's doing something because there's a hungry people over there in India. And so let me tell you something. I don't like India. India is tough for me. It is tough culturally, it's very different. Even though I look Indian, I'm not Indian. I'm Puerto Rican, but culturally it's very different. The food is different. Just everything about it is is, is very uncomfortable, but that's where God's doing something so amazing. And the people there are so hungry and so loving that, how can I not go back, <laughs> you know? Um, but we've been going back consistently. and we've seen, we've seen God do some of the most amazing things and open so many doors. Now, we met with the governor of the town. And he, we've been trying to get a, a, a cricket field to do a crusade. And in, in, oh, I'm going to be going back in, in two weeks. The governor gave his life to the Lord and now gave us the cricket field so that we could also do a crusade. We're opening up a Bible school. We already have 300 students already signed up. We've opened up 50 churches since we started ministering there a year ago. God's doing something. There's a lot of hungry hearts. You know what? The same as in India, the same here in the United States. There's a lot of people that are in the Valley of Decision that just need someone to kind of like nudge them back in. You know, someone to tell them, to remind them. And that's what he's called each and every one of us. You know, and I, I, if I could give you just one advice, is just get lost in him. Forget about titles, forget about positions, forget about how, how many countries can I go, how many people can I reach. No, 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 just forget about that. Just get lost in him. Get, get fall in love with Jesus, on a daily basis. Just fall in love with Jesus, and he will take you to the craziest places. You know, there. In, last year we also went to to Africa. I was there for about a month. That one was a, another crazy trip because to get to to the tribes that we were ministering at, we had to take six planes to get to the actual tribe, and one of those planes. Couple of those trip planes were the the little bush planes, the the four seater bush planes, that it feels like you're in a roller coaster for two and a half hours. Um, but our mission, you know, for for my missions team is is the unreached, the one that that have never heard, the one that that have never heard the gospel before. And sometimes you need to go in in those little bush planes to get to those people. But when we got there we saw that people would travel three or four hours walking to get to the crusade field because they're so hungry. <laughs> they're so hungry for God. You know, we, we. when I come back to the United States after after being so, gone so long, you kind of get annoyed when you come to the United States because you, you see how people come up with so many excuses to get to church. But these people would walk three, four hours to just... Receive from God, and they did. Those people left that place so filled with joy, so filled with peace. They received whatever they were believing God for, because they were so hungry. And it it teaches you all these, all these mission trips. It's been like lessons for me. It's changed my heart. It changed my perspective on everything. And but. You know, and that's why I always call you out whenever I, I get back from a trip or I'm about to go on a trip. I, I call Abraham and I was like, um, you didn't even know, bro. You didn't know. I honor you so much. I honor those, those moments that, that, you know, you just took out of your time and, and just prayed with us, just sat with us, cried with us, laughed with us. You know, all those moments, is why, why am I am where I am now it's just beautiful and the you know eternal reward that comes from that is just glorious
0: thank you for listening to this podcast from the resting place south tampa campus we hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org